this heaven? No. It's Iowa. What could have possibly happened to turn you into such a sourpuss? You really want to know? I'll tell you. It was my brother, and it involves a tune. A tune? No! What happened? Did the tune get the drop on you? Slave a piano on Peter for 15 stories? No. All I remember was the tune laughing with those burning red eyes and that high squeaky voice. He made me watch it over and over. Please, what was it? It was Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and it's next on the Pod of Dreams. Roger! What's this? A tweeting bird? Tweeting bird? Roger, read the script. Look what it says. It says, rabbit gets clunked. The rabbit sees stars. Not birds. Stars! This is the tale of an up-and-coming movie star named Roger Rabbit. And a down-and-out private detective. Stay up! Named Eddie Valiant. Booga booga! Every moment they were together was a new adventure in trouble. Hi, me, Eddie! Please! It's a motion picture about friendship. Please, Eddie, don't tell me how you're making a big mistake. Love. <laughs> Compassion. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I yanked your ears. All the time you yanked my ears? Murder. Marvin Acme. A rabbit cacked him last night. Remember, you never saw me. Sex. I'd do anything for my husband, Mr. Valiant. Anything. And violence. Tunes gets them every time. You wouldn't have any idea where the rabbit might be? Got a thing for rabbits, huh? The whole thing stinks like yesterday's diapers. It's a comedy a little different from all the rest. I'm a pig! I'm a tune. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. But tell me, Eddie. Is that a rabbit in your pocket or you're just happy to see me? Touchstone Pictures and Steven Spielberg present a Robert Zemeckis film. We tunes may act idiotic, but we're not stupid. Who framed Roger Rabbit? All right, everybody, welcome to the Pod of Dreams. If you build it, we will pod. I'm Ben with my co-host Eric. Eric, how are you doing? Uh, I am great. I am doing wonderful. Uh, I'm glad I'm not a cartoon. We're living in a cartoon world. Yeah, there's a ton of questions about the cartoons, really, like the metaphysics. Are they born? Where do they come from? Are they immortal? Will they be around forever? Well, we know they can um, die. With the... They can die, but like, let's say nobody gives them dip, right? Nobody puts them in dip. Would they live forever? Um. Do they have different lives? How, how does it work? Anyway, it doesn't matter. We're talking about Who Framed Roger Rabbit today. Uh, I'll do a little bit of a lead in here because I picked it. It's a movie I watched a ton, ton, ton as a kid. And other ones I just kind of really forgot about. Um, this one I liked a lot as a kid, but just just haven't seen it recently. Saw it pop up on Disney+. Plus. Also had seen with my you know, family the new Chippendales movie. And Eric, your daughters are kind of getting aged out of some of this stuff. Have you seen the Chippendale, the new Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie? Didn't see that, but I watched this with my daughter. So one of them. Okay. The other one okay. refused. But Okay, fair, okay, fair enough. I mean, Chippendale is, is 
spiritually very similar. I mean, you get cartoons walking around with their actors in Hollywood. It has a lot more to say about various animation styles. This Roger Rabbit's pretty much all classic cartoons. Hands are um, on, yeah. Yeah, I mean that, but that one was different. But I was like, man, I I really used to like this movie. I wonder if it holds up. Roger Rabbit has a brief cameo in the Chip and Dale's movie. I was like, hey, let's watch it. I mean, I want to see. I want to see. I'm mean, kind of fascinated about how it holds up with how I remember it versus now. And I gotta say, I'm realizing how little I understood the plot. I mean, there's lots to talk about. Oh, yeah. li- I, I I knew almost nothing about the plot. I'm like, I did not catch any of the stuff for the plot. And of course, there's a boatload of very adult jokes. I don't I, I don't remember how alcoholism being such a big part of the movie and yep. huge part of the movie. It's one of the central themes. Um, so I was just kind of like flabbergasted before we even talk about what we like didn't like was this very different for you from how you remembered it you also watched a bunch of skittles did you have a lot of those oh i totally missed a bunch of this stuff do you have a lot uh, of those moments well i remember every scene like right. every every line of dialogue i could have recited it did i understand a lot especially like the sexual innuendo stuff probably well, not so like probate prostate joke i i no. I never understood that. Well, understood there's the so much time. stuff about a will in this movie too, which I had no sense of what. I mean, I knew it was like they'd get the money or whatever, they'd get the all, land. All I knew is bad guy wanted to destroy Toontown. That was yeah. the, the extent of what I understood um, as a kid. But I definitely missed the. I've got a 50 year old lust and a three year old dinghy. Yeah, that's the, all the no. baby stuff. Like, because this movie opens where it's like a cartoon with the baby it's, and roger rabbit he's like yeah a it's like a looney tunes cartoons yeah functionally and, but it's, and it's just it's like a five minute cartoon and then it's like cut and then you realize oh it's these are they're actors they're cartoon actors and they're filming this show yeah, yeah they then come one, off the set and he's then smoking a stogie yeah and the, the scene where he slap slaps the one woman's butt and he drops his cigar and starts crying like i remember all of that but i didn't understand like why does this baby have a cigar and like why is he saying inappropriate things? Like I didn't, I didn't make that connection as a kid, but yeah, I mean, it's so I, I was like finishing lines with my daughter. She thought this was the weirdest thing she had ever seen in her whole life. She, it is a weird movie. It I get it. Very odd. The eighties is a very different time. Cause I she thought this was, was more normal, confused but. about the plot. Like she, she wanted to fall. Like, why is like, why is this judge? Who is this judge guy? What's he trying to do? Like, wait, what this, now this guy's dead. And, who killed him? Like she was trying to follow. I, I don't remember like trying to track all of that stuff. It was just like, Oh, there's Roger. He's funny. I just liked all the crazy cartoon yeah. zaniness. Like that I loved, was the fun part. I remember I loved so much that like the, the humans could grab like a cartoon sword or the, like the, the hammer that had the, the uh, fists that would come out. Like all of those things. I remember just abs, the, the gun that he had with the, the cartoon, cartoon bullets. bullets. Oh yeah. The hole, I, the little, like you could yes. throw a hole. Yes. I put your hand through it and it would create space. He had the, and then he had when the you went into the ma- cartoon world, you had magnet. cartoon. Yeah, and you had cartoon rules when you went into Toontown. Like, you were like a cartoon. You could fall from yeah. several stories and be fine. And, like, oh, that's crazy. We actually <laughs> used to play this, like, cartoon role playing game. It was kind of like Dungeons and Dragons, but you were, like, cartoons. Yeah. Sounds like, really we were, nerdy. Nerd we, it was super nerdy. It, we were way into this kind of stuff. I'm telling you, like, my brother like was so into this movie, and we watched it once a week, maybe. I don't know. We watched it all the time. How did it compare to watching The Last Dragon? Which one was watched more by you and your brother? Yeah, that's like 1A and 1B. I, I, it's oh, hard wow. to say. Okay. This eventually, probably. Eventually Predator. Okay. okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. 
Just curious. All right, yeah, no, I all that stuff, all the all the goofy cartoon stuff was the big selling point, and I found my. I mean, so I'm realizing it's fascinating to me how much people can change in life. Because as a kid, I loved Roger Rabbit. I identified with him. I liked how crazy he was. I like how much he annoyed everybody, I guess. And now it's Switch. I, I, I totally identify with the Bob Haskins character. I'm like, oh, I get that guy. Roger Rabbit's really annoying. He's really, really aggravating. And now I'm on the side of the old, old cracky guy. Although Roger does, does bring a lot of life to the movie. I think when he's not on camera, the best parts of the movie were when they're together, I think. Uh, well, that's, and kind uh, of that's playing the off movie. You have the the yeah the straight man and the and the zany other guy. Sure, I mean that's the movie. But it gets a little it gets a little dark when Hoskins is by himself drinking himself to sleep because his brother was killed. Like it gets a little dark and heavy in that a lot of those he scenes. Passes out on the desk. I, like there's so much about the way we get backstory for his character that I totally miss. Like oh, his dad was a clown and they went to like clown school. And then they became cops who exclusively like helped tunes because um, him and his brother were goofballs and had this like clown history. And so they like s- got goofy off of espionage charges. And I mean, all like you see all the like newspaper headlines yeah. and fans around like, this is such a great shot. I did not appreciate it at all at the time, but this is like really good. Well, and you get the um, payoff later on when v- Eddie Valiant does the like routine the comedy. At routine the end. Oh, no, like... yeah, right, right, right. It, no, it's, it's good writing. And then he, you know, he, learns to laugh again and gets a sense of humor back. And Bob Hoskins is incredible in this movie. Um, I, I, it's just, I, I, it's tough to me to think of anybody to be any better. Is he, is oh, he I, incredible? I, I, I think so. Oh, for sure. You don't think he, he is. He's my least favorite part of the movie. He's the part that oh. I never liked as a kid. Oh. And for whatever reason, watching it now, I, I don't, I, I, I think he sells, he, he sells the part well, but there's just something about he's like a hairy kind of dude. I, there's something about him that just rubs me the wrong way. I don't know. Well, that sounds like a personal thing because I, I he looks the part perfectly. I think he plays the straight man and is kind of taking it seriously. And he somehow in the middle of this nonsense takes it seriously. My least favorite part of this Roger Rabbit. I I find him just so aggravating. I'm like he's just loud and annoying. Well, he screws everything up. Yeah, and I can't understand half of what he says and. It just he just drives me nuts, and I kind of just want him to go away. Um, it's just it just adds this like chaotic energy, which is the point of the movie. I mean, it's like with dried cross con- concrete, the the protagonists are supposed to be miserable. I mean, he's supposed to be annoying and in your face. That's but, the whole point. So, it's literally a cartoon. But I want to give credit to our buddy Brian Eggert. He wrote this. It's an amazing like essay on this movie on his website, Deep Focus Review, but really kind of breaks down the movie in such a like better way than we will ever do. But he wrote that, uh, I guess Bob Haskins was like one of the bottom choices that was originally offered to Harrison Ford, Eddie Murphy, and Bill Murray, and they all turned it down. Like, it's a better movie if Harrison Ford is Eddie Valiant, I think. Uh, I, I don't think so. Um, but, I, I mean, maybe. I, I doubt it, but... I don't. I, don't I mean, this is a, the only way I know Bob Has- Hoskins. Has he been in any other movie that I would know? I know he, uh, he recently Bros. passed away, right? Uh, I think a few years ago. He was in Super Mario Brothers. The oh, action, sure, uh, yeah, another just terrible. He's movie. He's in actual good stuff that you probably haven't seen too, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head. 
Um, but yes, I mean, I think I think he's in other stuff. But yeah, he, this is, he this does the noir detective private this, eye stuff really well. And that that's I, I, a, that is probably the, my like as an adult, my favorite part of the movie is this whole like investigation and conspiracy. Uh, you know, I mean, it involves cartoons. So it's, I, I, I think and this is Brian wrote in his, his essay, like the, I think the brilliance of this movie, if if you really love it, is that it melds this like cartoon world and these sort of cartoon characters with this adult story really well. And like it could go too heavy on, on one aspect of it. It could be too cartoony. It could be too adult where you can't enjoy it. Like as kids, like this movie came out when we were younger and I was, you know, I was a kid when I saw it, like the kids loved this movie. Like it was a, it was a, it was a huge hit movie. It's like the second highest grossing movie of that year. Sure. But like, it's, it's good for kids and it's good for adults. I think that's kind of that like sort of Simpsons, you know, sort of frame where where kids and adults can like it for different reasons. You know, uh, well, that's that's what I'm saying. I think I, I I fit both sides of that. I liked it as a kid for very different reasons than the parts I like about it as an adult. It's vastly different why I like it. Um, I mean, like, and that's kind of Zemeckis. This is ludicrous. Zemeckis and Spielberg. I think that that's where they've sort of their bread and butter is this like you can like it as a kid at, or a kid at heart, and you can like it for the adult reasons and adult themes. And, you know, this is one of those perfect examples of it. Oh, yeah, I love the noir. I mean, yeah, I didn't appreciate that this is like Chinatown. I didn't didn't get that. I'd never obviously heard of Chinatown when I was four and saw this movie for the first time. Um, no, I, I love the the cynical. Sinister. And there's all sorts of jokes about L.A. that I mean, I, I can appreciate now, like L.A.'s public treasure. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. And I don't know if this is based on a true story that like this happened at one point. It was good. And then the freeway. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't the know. Whole, the whole like, plot is they want to. About- build a freeway right and he's like why would anyone want a freeway when you could just take the public train and it's like for a yeah. nickel right yeah it's right. like he says like i don't need to drive because i can just take public transportation and and of course the joke is that public transportation is really awful in la um and there's i mean i read a little bit that okay there's potential like exploitation racism metaphor with the cartoons you know like the like hey they'll work for peanuts and he literally throws peanuts to dumbo and um cartoons being worked to death and having no right um that's not really on the forefront it's that's much more on the on the background but um no i there's so many things about it that are wonderful and i i love did i loved christopher lloyd's performance as a kid he was terrifying less scary as an adult but he's this is like lunatic level stuff i mean every scene christopher lloyd's in i love i don't know you said your favorites are just when it's bob hoskins and roger rabbit yeah, I mean, I, he he did terrify me as a kid, especially the, the end part of the movie. And my daughter, uh, she she's nine. She got a little scared too. Like, what, like when his eyes start bugging out, he's got the cartoon eyes. Like, it is that is next level insane. And then he starts melting into the ground. Like, it it is creepy as hell. But yes, for most of the movie, Christopher Lloyd is is it cocaine? Like, what what is helping him act that way? Like, that's Doc Brown. That's the same freaking guy. Like, no, but it's this crazy energy. It's yeah. just it's fantastic. Um, the scene where the shoe gets dipped that oh, was really upsetting th- as a that, kid. Like we were talking before, we, like there are parts in this movie that are just embedded in the deep recesses of my brain. And like that, where he dips the shoe in there with the, the sound of his glove and the color that it is when he pulls his hand out. Like it's just, it's in my brain and in my memories. Like, 
but yeah, it, it, the, just the every his the way his body moves, the way his like teeth are, like everything about him is bonkers. Like you, there's no character like that in another movie. And I didn't ever get. I mean, I knew that he was a judge, but I didn't really like. He's literally like a judge. Like he's he presides over trials. Like uh, that's crazy. Well, Why? for cartoons, he's the yeah. cartoon judge. Yeah. And then he just has all these these. It's like Judge that, Dredd, kinda. He's the you know. Apparently, and nobody cares about these yeah. tunes. Like he gets to do whatever. He's like, I I execute judgment against you, and and that's it's bonkers level stuff. It's like so perfect for this movie. It's just utterly insanity uh, yeah I don't, I don't know i think he's just, i just think christopher lloyd's great i don't know i mean he's, he's zany in back to the future but in a very different way i mean it's yeah i still know it's christopher lloyd but boy those are very different performances uh and they both work um i was just like oh yeah this is this is great this absolutely holds up his absolute insanity and i like just technically this movie looks great um i don't know i feel like it holds up technically super well just like you're blending the cartoons in the real life. I don't know as well as you could possibly do it in 1988. And even now, I mean, it looks as good as Chippendale rescue Rangers. For, I think in terms of like plausibility and making it work. And some of the lighting is just like really immaculate. There's a swinging light sequence um, when they're in the back room of the bar and the light follows them. It follows the cartoon. It goes off and on Roger Rabbit's face. I'm like oh, that had to be a nightmare to like animate. I just can't even fathom. Yeah, the, the scene where where he's wash pretending to wash his clothes or his dishes, and Roger's in the sink and he's p- pulling them up, and the water's splashing, and then the the weasels come over and splash the water. Like how, how they did that, that whole scene. You know, Hask- Hoskins is the only one there. You know, obviously there's just cart- cartoons, and they didn't have like green suits where they th- there's like literally nothing there. It's all done with overlay cartooning because they didn't have computers right this is in the 80s there, there was literally no, no computers no. it's all done just with splicing the animation over it um yeah i mean the like i said brian eggert's review talks about some of the more technical stuff but yeah i mean how amazing that they pulled that off because there's been there was other movies and again he he references what was the one with wasn't brad pitt in one where there's I like a cartoon it. character as well it, it it's this maybe it's, it's like because cool of this. something it's called cool something yeah but yeah, yeah it's cool um, world is there oh, yeah. it is um, i've never seen it. i remember this is one where i always saw it at like the movie store and was never never i was curious but never curious enough to actually read yeah. it so I, i've never seen it yeah but this um, is probably the best example of that of an animation and and, it, and it's like commenting on that because like there's that's the whole back story of the movie is that like what if tunes existed and that was the part that my daughter was so confused she's like wait wait there's like a whole world where these cartoons live i'm like yeah that's you know you're just supposed to assume I, that in- right right it, i i it's trippy to me too i'm like still no nobody's like where do they came? i mean like i've got a lot of questions about how this works but um you know you just obviously just roll that yes there's a place that was created by the acme guy i mean he owned it did he buy it or did he create it for them? I, I but yeah, like know, you were but. saying about the 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 actors with the working for Peanuts. I took it more of like, are they sort of commenting on animators and how like they're basically not paid anything. They're basically they keep them in sure. this own their own little cages and they have them do their art and basically have no rights and and get paid yeah. next to nothing and so. I found that interesting. And, you know, Damon talked about on on our uh, LA Confidential episode how, like, they're 
the animators were overworked or, or whatever. They're, they're underpaid and they inserted things in some scenes that were inappropriate because of that. I, I didn't catch any of that. Oh, I, I looked it up on Snopes. I didn't catch it either, but um, Snopes is basically verifying some of it. And some of it's just like a judgment call, basically. Because there's a scene where right after baby Herman, yeah, baby Herman comes off um, after they've done a, a, a take. And he looks up a woman's skirt, and he apparently he's got a middle finger, and then you see him later um, have something drool or some sort of substance running off the side of his mouth. That's apparently, Snopes said it was verified, and there's another scene. That's something you wouldn't catch real time. I didn't catch it in real time. But when the taxi is leaving Toontown, and then you know its tires go over the dip and it crashes, mm-hmm. um, Jessica Rabbit flies out of the car. Oh, yep. Yep. And at one point, like her legs get splayed open and there's like darkness in her nether regions. So the suggestion is that she's was drawn to have no underwear on. I don't know. They said it just, it just could be a coloration issue. It's tough to discern. And it's not explicit in the way that you're probably thinking. It's just that the color looks different. So it could but like- be, Okay. Something more salacious. Yeah. But it's something you like. They, they, they were able to find this on the laser disc because they were once you had laser disc, you could go literally frame by frame. So it's like literally a frame is what the issue is. And animators can do this and have done this apparently documented elsewhere where you can just insert one one second. I mean this this happens in Fight Club if you've seen Fight Club. Um, yeah. You know Brad Pitt does it in an actual movie for like one and one you know twenty fourth of a second or whatever you're 124th of a yeah second so i don't know I and mean, those were the those were the two things um that i saw in snopes that were but so that, the jessica rabbit thing brings up sort of my major like issue with this movie like okay so cartoons exist and you you brought up a lot of questions but like so he's attracted to the cartoon like i'm so confused by that like what like what? Like, like I mean, Bob Hoskins sh- should un- shouldn't shouldn't be attracted to cartoons because well, they're cartoons. Yeah, right. I no? guess I she I mean she has a body. She really exists. It's not like a drawn cartoon. He accidentally bumps into her boobs once and like they very overtly jiggle in a really absurd like, way when I'm like, oh yeah. This is- the Acme guy is there like, oh, I have to see Jessica perform because she's so beautiful. And, and then, then they play cat- Patty Cake, which is genuinely upsetting to Roger Rabbit. Like, yeah. it's not like just slapping hands. It's a very serious intimacy breach. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, that, that I mean, my daughter was confused. Like, well, what did they mean by patty cake? I mean, Eric, in our reality, people are attracted to cartoons. I, I, I mean, you know, I guess there's like anime, you know, that like sex anime and so I, I, yeah, I was it, always confused. It by exists. That. Yes, it exists. Uh, I mean, you know, so like, that's just his thing. Is he's into cartoons? Well, he's into a cartoon, not all cartoons. It didn't look like it, she was. Well, the one that looked like Betty, and he's kind of flirting with Betty Boop a little bit, I guess. I, you know. Uh, sure. Okay. The ones that look vaguely like human um, are the ones. I, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, she's made to be like a, a cartoonishly. Are you confessing your? You, do you I have a crush a on, on April O'Neil in the Ninja Turtles? You I was did. like, oh, she okay. looks awesome. Sure. 
Okay. It, it wasn't really sexual at that time, Eric, but sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you've never, never seen a cartoon and like thought, okay, here's, you just think she's supposed to be attractive, but it's a cartoon. So I have no actual, I mean, it's, it's separate. Your brain's just like nothing. It's just motion on a page. Y- yeah. It's a cartoon. I, I don't know. Okay. Is that weird? Am I weird? <laughs> I, I, I just, I mean, I just think there are literally, like you already suggested, loads of stuff you can find on the internet of people creating well, if, animated if versions of thing, people they some, find attractive. If there's any, name a thing, there's like, some dude that's into it. Do you think if were walking around and there was an actual Toontown, there wouldn't be perverts lined up well, to go to sure, Toontown but they're and perverts, do stuff. right? They're weird-ass perverts. That's, I guess that's, is that, is... Eddie Valiant, some cartoon pervert? I, get, like, I mean, she's meant to be... Uh, she's a sexily drawn cartoon. Like, she's cartoonish. Like, she has an absurd hourglass figure, right? Just, it's all cartoonish, right? It's exaggerated. I mean, I, you, have you ever seen, like, an X-Men comic? Have you seen the way the women characters are drawn in those? Yeah. You yes. don't think they're drawn to, like, excite nerds? Say, so look at these women. They have powers. And look at... I mean, their cleavage is always out of control ludicrous. They're not made to look real in a way that exploits, you know, men's lust to sell. I, anyway, I, she's designed to be very sexually attractive, and she's walking around. I don't know. Okay. I can accept in the in the reality of movies that he's like, oh, here's a particularly very sexy cartoon who oozes sexuality, and lots of people seem to find attractive. But maybe he's just got a weird thing. I, so whatever. But like, this doesn't com- bother me like it bothers you. Computer I animated get- characters are they? Me- are you supposed to, meant to be attracted? To, like, is there people out there that think like Thanos is hot or something like that? Like, or uh, She Hulk or whatever? Like, I'm confused. I, there are absolutely people that will think She Hulk is attractive. I'm sure She Hulk has her admirers. I mean, she looks um, more like a human than jessica rabbit does i I haven't seen that show but the trailers i mean she doesn't look that real i mean i mean i'm not like convinced she's existing walking around we have have gone too deep on that it was just always something that i did i didn't understand like why would he why is he attracted to this cartoon Uh, you couldn't understand why he's attracted to this cartoon with big fake boobs and a big fake butt um, but it's a cartoon it's not even for him it's one that exists in real life I get like, why I get, I can I can suspend they do so I can suspend they have, disbelief that Roger is attracted to her, but like you can't assume that he would be uh, again an overtly over sexual like when he has sexualized like a, cartoon a, a real like beautiful woman that likes him and is just mad that he's not nice to her. I guess I I, I was always confused like why why is he going for Jessica Rabbit when he has this woman who's like a beautiful woman? Well, we have the trope the femme fatale character from film more so i mean that's why it's happening in a meta sense but uh, it's so bizarre to me that you're like shocked that this overtly sexualized cartoon would be sexually attractive i mean they could have sex eric like presumably she has all the parts they could interact well yeah the animators it's not even wearing underwear so he could have just went right for it i don't know which real life women you find attractive but if they became cartoonized and walked around you'd just like cease finding them attractive Whoever that is, whatever whoever your celebrity crush is, Eric, if they became a cartoon or a CGI version, but if they looked like and they walked her, around, where there you literally look like I. So you want me to just draw you a picture of boobs, and is that something you're attracted to? Like just I'm not talking cir- about me. I'm talking about the way people's brains are, and you're just not able to accept it in the context of this movie when. People interact with cartoons. There, I have never been like cartoon. attracted to a picture. I guess, like, 
This like isn't a, a hand, picture, though. There's a bunch of pictures put together. She's a conscious entity. First of all, we don't even know where cartoons come from, uh, the tunes in this reality. I mean, the filmmakers made them, which is why we're watching it. But no, but what a, I'm a seeing is drawings of a woman. Uh, but you're talking about not being able to accept that Bob Haskins, the character, Eddie Valiant, is attracted to a cartoon who in his reality is walking around he can talk to, who has her own thoughts and feelings um, and is is not just fictional. And I, you, if you're saying people in reality being attracted to cartoons or whatever is weird and you don't get it, that's fine. That's judgy, but it's that's just, fine. It's like, it's like Tarantino's thing for feet. I just don't get it. I, it's well, not most my people's thing. sexual proclivities, nobody, yeah. they're all absurd if, they, so, if you don't have it. It's absurd to you. That's just right. the way they work. So that's what all I'm They're saying. They're idiosyncratic. But if you're con- listening to but this, you said you couldn't suspend disbelief. Let me no, clarify. You said you couldn't accept. Why is this character attracted to this cartoon? Well, Maybe that was just around. as a kid I didn't get. I, and, and I still don't totally get it. So let me just clarify. I, if you're listening a, to this. She's supposed to be a sexy well, cartoon. If that's you're listening the whole thing. to this and your thing is cartoons, they get you off. Like, go, you, go all power to you, man. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to hate on your thing. All right. Eric, what's your fetish so we can judge it and see how normal and reasonable it is? <laughs> what's what's the weirdest thing you can say and not feel too weird and say? Think about it. Um, it, it again, it's a sexy cartoon that exists sexy in his reality zombies. that he can That's walk around. <laughs> okay. Jeez, I don't get it. Like what? Like they want to eat your brains, but you want them to yeah, eat that, other. That really get it. That really gets me going. Okay, fair enough. All right. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> Oh wow! I didn't anyway, expect this to be our conversation. Well, honestly. I, I, it's, I mean, it's a, a sexy cartoon that actually exists in his reality. That they could get, they could get it on. That would, that's an option for them. That's on the table. Um, and it's fine. Like, so if you it, saw her walking around, you'd be like, "Go away! You're a cartoon. No part of you is enticing to me. I don't care. You, you, you're just." To me, you're you're just a walking drawing. Well, to it me. brings up it brings up a good, another question I had. Um, so when he goes into Toontown, which I, when I was a kid, I, that was like my favorite part. Like he gets the gun oh, and he's sure. like going into Toontown and you're like, whoa, now there's this guy in a cartoon world. Holy crap. Blowing my mind. But like, he, you know, he climbs the building and he falls and hits the ground. Like does that stuff? Cause his brother died by a cartoon, but his brother presumably was killed by a real life piano, right? A piano dropped on his head. It wasn't, but he died in Toontown. Right, I don't remember him dying in Toontown. Yeah, that's would, why that's why Valiant well, didn't want to really go back make sense, there. Because we see somebody else. That I know that's Acme what guy I'm dies with a real piano. Real right? piano, a, but a tune killed him, but with a real. I object. assumed it was a. I assumed it was a tune that killed him with a real object. So if you're saying that actually the line is that his brother was killed in Toontown with a cartoon I, piano, I thought that that's why he didn't want to go back there. Is because that's where his brother was killed. That's why he was so nervous and scared to go back to I just thought he hated town. all tunes, and that was the most tune-centric spot to go. So I thought he just hated all tunes. But you could be right. That, but that doesn't make any sense, because we see Eddie Valiant like get deflated and bonked around right. in way and in a way like, oh, it's a cartoon rules, so he's fine, ultimately, I have all the stuff happening to him. Uh, unless, what if you took a real piano and dropped into it into Toontown. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, what if you took a real gun and I, I, I don't know what the rules are. I don't know. Cause he takes well, because the cartoon. The, the cartoon kills Acme with a real gun, right? I mean, it's, it's doom. He's a cartoon and he kills him yeah. with a real gun, not a tune gun. Right. I don't know. 
I mean, I don't know either. Yeah, I mean, he, he kills Acme, he kills the other guy too, the head of the animation studio. I, the, the rules are pretty fuzzy. Again, not stuff I had questions with as a kid, but uh, yeah, it's all the logic's wonky, and you just kind of kind of go with the movie. Well, and then again, the the weasels, right? We know that the dip kills tunes, but the weasels die from laughing. It seems like the weasels so, have a particular proclivity to laugh and laugh themselves to death. Is okay. it a pop goes the weasels thing? I don't know. I mean, I don't understand why that works that way, but they establish that them laughing too much is a problem. And then he says, you're going to laugh yourself to death. And then that's where we get the, the great routine. He dives into his you know clown training and takes a bunch of hits. But he, yeah, he gets hit with a bunch of stuff and is fine in the real world. Hey, right. Yeah. He gets like bowling balls that hit him in the head. In the well, I think they're tune balls. I mean, they look oh. like, but he gets them out of the tune boxes, the Acme boxes. So oh, okay. maybe they're, they're, but he falls really, I mean, he bounces up off the pogo stick and then falls down. Like, yeah. And hits his head know. on an actual light. Yeah. It's not a cartoon light. He and like bounces shocks up. himself. Yeah. Yes. That doesn't. Okay. Oh, oh man. We found a logic, a big logic hole in who framed Roger Rabbit. Shit movie. Yeah, well, over. I, you know, overall, so j- my overall feeling on this movie is like I, I just have a really hard time separating. Like you seem to enjoy it like as an adult where you can like, oh, I can think about this differently now and I can like it in both ways. I have a hard time separating how I well, thought of no, it as I a kid. No, I don't like it in the way I like oh, it as a kid. That's where okay. there's tension. So that's where, the, that's where I don't like Roger Rabbit. He annoys me and I want him to go away. Almost every time he's on the screen, I'm just like, Oh man, you really annoy me. I, so no, it's it's different. It's like it's switched. I don't still like it as a kid in that way. Yeah. Um, the parts I liked most as a kid are the parts that really annoy me now. And I just like if I had to rewatch again, I'd be like, Ugh. they'd be unpleasant having to think about Roger Rabbit. Well, His like the, the opening me. scene, I didn't I didn't enjoy that. That cartoon. It was fine. I was I mean I I remembered it being set up and I was like it's a good homage to like Looney Tunes like yeah. I don't know like that's Tom they, and Jerry or whatever it. yeah yeah it, it, so that that's fine it, yeah it wasn't my favorite part even as a kid I mean, it, was, it was just like oh here's impressive we're gonna do a little cartoon was Roger uh, and I guess I don't remember was Roger Rabbit in Looney Tunes or was he created for this movie do you know that so there's a book. Um, who censured Roger Rabbit? Mm-hmm. Um, that this is from the eighties, yeah. So, so yeah, it came out a before that. So no, he he didn't exist before the book, and I'm sure they probably took a bunch of liberties. I, I read the book. I don't know anything about it, but I'm sure they took a bunch of liberties. But I don't think he existed before that. He's clearly like a Bugs Bunny ripoff. That's the mm-hmm. I think the whole point is like he wanted to do Bugs Bunny, but the guy writing the book couldn't do Bugs Bunny without you know getting sued. So. Let me create a different cartoon rabbit, and I can do whatever I want with them. And so um, then they sold it no, to Disney, and Disney's that, like, "Okay, you can use all of our, you can use Bugs Bunny, you can use." Mickey well, there's Bowles. a big battle because there was different studios. There's Disney, and then like Warner Brothers had like Bugs Bunny. They're different ones, so they had to be on screen the same amount of time. So like you see Mickey and Bugs falling from when he falls from the t- big building in Toontown. They have to have the exact same amount of free, like screen time. Like lawyers had to like literally calculate to make sure nobody had more screen time, because the rule was like Bugs has to be on screen as much as Mickey Mouse if you're going to use Bugs Bunny. Um. Anyway, just a random bit of trivia. Yeah, I mean it's it's filled to the brim with cartoon characters. It's like man, yeah, it was a, I'm sure a copyright nightmare to get everybody on board. And royalties no, for this is I suppose Disney owns it all now. Well, they they don't own all the Warner Brothers shit. I have no idea who owns what. It's it's. I mean, there's like four companies. Um, 
So it's not that many or three or whatever it is. Well, they must have figured it out because it's on <laughs> Disney Plus, right? Yeah, well, Disney owns it. So I think they got the rights to have the movie forever. So, I mean, when they secured the rights, I don't think it was temporary. Like, we get to show this movie however we want for as long as we want. That's what I assume was negotiated in the 80s. But who knows? Maybe they had to reacquire the rights. I don't know. In the stream. Well, but no, I, I, I yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't have a whole lot else to say except, you know, it creeps, get your kicks off of cartoon porn or something. I don't know. I, I don't you get it. You should have the same sexual proclivities that Eric does. Those are the only normal ones. Anybody that's different, you're a weirdo and you should feel bad. So there you go. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I don't have anything else to say about either, but other than I, I like it for totally different reasons as an adult. And the reasons I like just kid, like it's the opposite. It's like, man, I hate it. It'd be like, I don't know, like jar, liking Jar Jar Binks when you watched episode one as a kid. And then you're older, and like, Oh my God, this character is super annoying. Roger's really not as bad as it. Jar Jar Binks. That's no, but, but he's to me in the same ballpark. I, I, I just, his voice alone aggravates me. He's just yelling all the time and he's hard to understand with whatever the accent is that he has. And he's like, he, he's funny. He's sometimes like, he does I, I went to the, went to the grocery store. They didn't know who you were. I went, <laughs> I went to the shoe store, but the liquor store guy, he knew, he knew where you lived. Like he's funny. Sometimes well, yeah, that's, that, that, well it's, I, it's a great line. That's a, it's a really good line. Um, the, 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 uh, handcuff bit was funny. Like, you mean to tell me you could have taken that out whatever you wanted? <laughs> Only when it was funny. Like, okay. That's, there, he, he's got some good bits in there. But uh, yes, I, I mean, mean, a couple. But the, for the most part, I, I just he doesn't help the plot. He's always annoying and getting in the way, and that's kind of the joke. And just like, man, I, I don't enjoy spending any time with this character. I, I, that's why I identify like Bob Hoskins. Like, oh, I could be with this annoying rabbit this whole time who's loud and obnoxious and breaking things and won't shut up ever. Am I your I mean, Roger Rabbit? Is that no? You Eric, your voice is is way less annoying than Roger Rabbit's. Breeze. You are. Is that is that pretty good? That, see, that was subdued quite a bit from how he he'd do it about fifty decibels higher. Well, and yeah, I didn't want to spit all over the place. See, that whoever did the voice on that was must have just been spitting everywhere. Yeah, a lot. But anyway, uh, let's let's hear your rating, Eric. Let's let's get into the rating. Like I said, I have a hard time separating what I thought of this as a kid and what I think of it now. I tried to just if this was the first time I saw it, what do I think? I appreciated a lot of the the animation stuff, the challenge in doing that, the the noir story, like the screenwriting of it. I think is really pretty impressive and pretty well done. Um, I did think it was like okay, that's kind of okay. Tunes exist. What's what's what is the world like if cartoons are real? And I found that kind of interesting. I three and a half is what I would give it because I, I I really would never want to watch it again. Uh, I've seen it a million times, and I, you know I liked it enough as a kid. I think I probably watched it too much. So yeah, three and a half. That's where I would stand. I am exactly the same. Three and a half. It's a movie I appreciate. More than I enjoy, just because I don't like spending time with Roger Rabbit. It is just aggravating to me. If he wasn't so annoying or could get something else other than he's just loud and zany all the time, I'd like it a bit more. I get, I get that that's the joke and that's the point, is that he's zany and annoying, and Bob Haskins doesn't want to laugh, and he's got his own trauma. Um, the trauma interests me. The drinking, him not liking the tunes is interesting. Roger Rabbit is just... 
aggravating the whole time. I, I love Christopher Lloyd. I love everything but Roger Rabbit pretty much. And you got a, you got a super sexy lady lady. Is that a positive for you or no? I, I don't care. I can just accept <laughs> it. I, I don't have a problem understanding why his character would find her. Tra- I, I can say, okay, he finds this cartoonishly big boob tune character attractive. Okay. I didn't accept that, but you got, you got hung up on that. Like, I don't get it. I can't understand. Why would he pop this? Just what? It's like being attracted to ink. I don't get it. I mean, that's fine. But at three and a half, I mean, it's like, it's technically incredible. It looks amazing. I appreciate all the performances again, except Roger Rabbit's. So I don't know. I might watch it someday with my kids. We'll see. There's a lot of crazy stuff in it. It would be confusing if you're actually trying to follow the plot as a kid, like, yeah, I think my my one daughter she she watched it with me. She the other one wouldn't refuse to. She I told her what it was about and she's like, "Nope." Uh but she did say uh when she, one daughter was telling the other one about it, she said, "They said sex in it." <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit." They uh they did some at some point say that. I probably probably shouldn't have exposed her to that. I don't know, whatever. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess. Do you think that's the first time she's ever heard the no, word? No, I'm sure. I'm sure it's not. Uh, but maybe she's going to grow up thinking men are attracted to cartoons, and I just ruined my daughter for the rest of her life. Okay. So. I mean, some, some dudes are. I mean, I don't know. There's a percentage of the male population that is attracted to cartoons, and Eric disapproves of all of them. Yeah, you're a creep. Uh, okay, so five degrees of feel the dreams, Ben. Yeah, let's let's get to it. Um, so I wanted to go with with Christopher Lloyd again. One of those guys. There's just a few performers that kind of they hit roles that just really resonated with me at the right time as a kid. Christopher Lloyd is one. Like so, I went on a Zemeckis run because you picked this movie. I watched Back to the Future one with both my kids. They liked it. They really liked the first one. Started the second one. Did you have to explain why he was in the back seat with his mom as a teenager? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. There, there is, there's things in that too that they, I think, made him a little uncomfortable. But we started sure. watching Back to the Future too. What a drop off! That movie is not good. It's, I, I didn't think so. I thought it was really bad. But Christopher Lloyd is more. He's in Back to the Future too a lot more. Like it's basically sure. him and Marty the whole movie. Uh, so he's, I think he's better in like his just. He's kind of wild and crazy in that movie. He's, but um, yeah. So went on a little Zemeckis, Christopher Lloyd run here. Oh, good. Um, I mean, I, I love Back to the Future. The, the first one is by, far and away the best. Not it's perfect. That's a perfect movie. Back to the Future yeah. One's a perfect movie. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think it has any flaws, and it's one where I kind of like get a little bit more out of it each time. Um, no, it's it's incredible. I, I like Back to the Future Part Two more than you. It's it's definitely not anywhere near as good. Um, I used to love the zany future stuff. That's probably my least favorite part of it now. But I like the craziness of they're going back and they have to avoid themselves because it'll really go crazy with the timeline. Maybe it's because um, of Rick and Morty where I'm like, wow, the, 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 like this is they've kind of ruined that for me. But uh, maybe. And then, but I mean, I I think the third one's the word. I mean, I just it does go Mc, like it's a, just drops. It Marty McFly and drag was should not have ever happened. But anyways. Oh yeah, well that's that's a weird choice. Uh, yeah. uh, that's that's a very awkward awkward choice, and they screwed over Crispin Glover as well. And yeah, he won a lawsuit. So no, I mean there's there's plenty of reasons to be mad about. Wait, Back there was a lawsuit with Crispin Glover. He did, only did the first one, 
and they used his likeness without like paying him. He did. He refused to do this. When anymore. he's upside down, that's not that's him? not him. Nope, it's a, like a stand-in, and oh. they made it look like him, and they used effects. You know, he's not he's not in any of the other ones. Um, so he had a big lawsuit, like you don't get to use my likeness without my permission. Interesting. Um, one, I don't know, how, I don't know how much money won. Maybe it was a lot. Of course, all that means is that you know, movie studios they just get your you know, in the contract, they get permission. So they should from just you. just use animated characters like Roger Rabbit. They could have, yeah, sure, if they wanted to, they could have. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I big Christopher Lloyd fan. Um, I went with Dennis the Menace. Did you ever watch Dennis the Menace? I don't think so. I remember it, but well, like Walter Matthau is the grumpy old neighbor, yeah. and, and he's like the best part. He's great, but then uh, the villain, <laughs> um, Christopher Lloyd, plays this like escaped fugitive is going to use Dennis the menace as a hostage. But of course, Dennis is a menace and he's a menace to Christopher Lloyd's character. Who's eventually like arrested. heavy stuff for Dennis, the menace. It's cartoonish. It's, it's got a real home alone vibe. Um, especially the ending part, um, with the goofiness. It's not really ever as threatening as as I made it sound. You don't ever really feel like he's in danger and he's oblivious to it. And he just (laughs) keeps incidentally, fucking with him but anyway uh walter mouth is great he's in a movie called charade from 1965 a spy sort of thriller grant and audrey hepburn um and uh again it's a really good movie a lot of twists and turns really really like that movie and audrey hepburn is in we called the unforgiven with burt lancaster a western from i think 1960 directed by john houston Apparently John Houston's least favorite movie that he's made. Just had a lot of frustrations working on it. But then Burt Lancaster is in Field of Dreams. So, to you. Uh, more attractive Audrey Hepburn or Jessica Rabbit? Where do you... I, I'm sorry, like, you might as well say a rock. I mean, it's just <laughs> the same. Like, it, uh, well, I don't see the difference. I say uh, an Adam or an actual human woman. I was like, Was what? Kim Basinger's character in LA Confidential based on Jessica Rabbit, do you think? No, she, I think Jessica Rabbit is probably based off of numerous femme fatale characters from the right, you know, 40s I'm just giving you shit. Uh, all right, so I went with, uh, his name's Charles Fleischer. He does the voice of your favorite character, Roger Rabbit, sure. in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. What else is he in? He was in a movie called Zodiac. Uh, oh. I believe he was one of the suspects they honed in on. He was like the creepy, not... Uh, John Carroll Lynch, who I'm picking from that movie, he's the guy that you're supposed to believe is the Zodiac Killer. But okay. Charles Fleischer plays the guy that I, I think for most of the movie they they hone in on him as the killer. Okay. Um, uh, John Carroll Lynch is in Fargo. He plays the husband. I'll, I'll make you some eggs. Oh yeah, gotcha. I know who you're talking Margie, about. Margie, I'll make you some eggs. That's him. Uh, Steve Buscemi. Some Arby's. Yep, Steve Buscemi's in Fargo. He's in a movie called Youth in Revolt with, uh, oh, what's the, the um, Scott Pilgrim guy? He's in that movie. I, I haven't seen it, but uh, Ray Liotta's in that, and Ray Liotta's in Field of Dreams. Okay. Got it. Yeah, I've never seen Youth in Revolt either. All right. Well, what are we watching next week? All right. So next week, I'll give you five clues um, and feel free to guess along with me with Ben and here we go. Guess along with me. Clue number one. Uh, this movie takes place in the year 2154. 
it takes place in or is it going to be released in 2154? Nope. It states oh. in the movie that the movie takes place in the year 2154, which is my least favorite movie trope, especially when they pick a year. I, 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 I got to pause because you're totally fine with taking events that actually took place and then totally making up different ways that it happened. You're totally fine with Quentin Tarantino doing that yes. and at least three separate times. You're totally cool with that. But somebody's saying, I think this is what's going to happen. But then those days come and go, and that didn't actually happen. That bothers Well, me. I will say this. I'll give this movie credit because they picked a year that's really, really far out. Like 2154 is... Yeah, you know, we'll be dead. We're not going to make it to 2154. You know, more than 100 years from now. Like, that's that's fine. If you're going to pick a... Okay, this is a science fiction movie, obviously. It's, but, uh, sure. It's going to... But but the people that come to 2154 and realize that that's not what happened... But, like, Demolition Man comes out in 92 and they're like, this is the year 2010. It's like, come... Like, you know it's not going to be that in 10 years. Back oh, to this the future. Is... Back to the future. Well, back to that. I, they had to do the certain timeline because it's Marty's kids, so you have to, like, it can only be a certain amount of time. But, like, the way they made the future, they, there's no way it's, there just still isn't hover bikes, like, or hoverboards. Like, don't put, don't put science oh, fiction things on a certain... Oh, once upon a time in, in Hollywood, it's 1969, and, oh my god, Sharon Tate didn't die. That's Blade what Runner. actually happened. Why, oh pick, why even give me the year that Blade Runner... You don't need to tell... I know it's science Glorious fiction, like, it's fine. Glorious Bastards is set in the 1940s, and Hitler was killed in a theater? That's not what happened. That's but ridiculous. But if Hitler had a... a, a uh, b- a hover bike or a hoverboard that'd be like weird like why now if Quentin Tarantino had said this takes place in an alternate history that isn't real this is science fiction this is just a different version of events I could accept that but he doesn't say that he says that it's just reality and we go into it and then he just totally right. changes it absolutely either way it's we don't totally need to have fictionalized this Th- it's it's one of my if you if I see a movie where it starts out and it says in the year and they pick a year for no reason like you don't have to Star Wars I'll give your favorite franchise some credit Galaxy far away, long, long time ago. Perfectly fine with me. I accept that. You didn't I, I tell wish, me a year. I don't need to know a year. You don't. I there's, wish it I doesn't make, matter. I'm never going to make an actual movie. If I were, I would love to say this movie is set right now, and this is actually what's happening. This is meant to absolutely convey the reality. Or three days from now, this is everything that's happening, and just make it zany, totally ridiculous technology, just just to aggravate you. Just it would. To say, it would very much aggravate me. Because you just, your brain, your the brain's ability to not like not accept abstraction sometimes is fascinating to me. Okay, anyway, uh, I, I twenty one fifty four is when this movie is set. All right, that's yes. clue number one. What's clue number two? Clue number two is this movie had the fortieth largest box office opening weekend in North America of all. <laughs> okay. Oh, I know exactly what that is. All right, I'm ready for clue number three. It premiered December two thousand nine. December 2009. Okay, are we doing Avatar? We're doing Avatar, baby. Oh my god, okay. Uh, clue, clue number four was it involves twins, and clue number five is Sam Worthington stars as Jake Sully. Mm-hmm. So, I am seeing that we're taking the family, we're going to see it in 3D, they're re-releasing Avatar, because Avatar 2 is coming out, So, or supposedly, we, I guess we don't know for sure. It's got a release date. I thought date, it was supposed to come out in December, right? That's the goal. It, yeah, they've set year. a release date, but I think there's been some some talk that it, it may get bumped, but I, who knows? Uh, she's uh, only had 13 years to work on it. Um, so we're, we're seeing Avatar, the highest grossing movie of all time. That's why the 40th, that's kind of interesting. It, it didn't open at like this giant box. It was... It kind of every every week it just made about 
$20 million, $30 million every week. Yeah, it was in the theater a very long time. Yeah. I mean, it was all throughout the summer, or not summer, but the spring, like winter into the spring. I mean, now it's like, you know, Endgame comes out, it's the biggest opening weekend ever, and it just kind of like trickles down after that, where Avatar was just steady for months. So. Well, it's kind of movie that just can take your family to and like, all right, we, we need to spend time over the holidays. Let's go to the theater and watch yeah. a movie and not actually talk to each other. All right. Okay. Avatar. I haven't seen it since 2000. Well, no, probably early 2010. Probably. It's probably like January. I just saw it twice in the theater. Once so did 3D, I. So did I. And I've seen 3D. it again in 3D. Okay. Be curious what your, your kids think after they've seen Back to the Future. And uh, who framed Roger Ever? One of your daughters. All right. Well, Avatar it, it is. Are you attracted to the Navi, the computer uh, animated? No, I, I'm not. But giant I, I, Avatar I'm not people. Like, I, I'm not stuck. Like, why is why is Jake Sullivan or Sully or whatever his name is? Why is he attractive? She's not a human. I don't get it. I can't. I'm. St- I can't. Oh, uh, what? His brain. What? Oh, like they're. I don't know. There are furries that exist in reality. Some he's attracted to her. It's fine. But I mean, is that, are we gonna have to have this conversation again? Or like, I can't, I can't <laughs> well, accept these attractions. She's in, a different in the movie. He's they're not cartoons. They're like supposed to be aliens, and I'm I can suspend disbelief for that. So a very like, goofy looking alien would be fine. Like if you're green, it's a cartoon that's alien, fine. <laughs> and you have different body parts. That's fine. Uh, if you're an alien that just looks like a cartoon, that's fine. But not if you're an actual cartoon. I anyway. I well, or is that to, is that like animal like? Are, different species is that uh, <laughs> are you trying to say that's bestiality is that what is you're it, trying to say is it i don't i would say it's probably not because they're sentient beings and they're okay, able to consent so, but so that, that's different that's one view i would say uh animals so like Groot aren't is okay because Groot's like a sentient being even though are he's a tree to, is no Groot, i'm not uh, are I'm, you just wondering are you trying to get permission to pursue your a little, i'm a little Groot Groot curious i, mean, I guess I yeah, okay Groot. Yeah, you see there you go he's i mean i don't know he's uh I don't know. He's, I mean, he's solid wood, baby. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, again, he can consent, right? If he's old enough, I don't know. Uh, can is baby I have consent? consent? <laughs> well, is it? Yeah, you have to wait till group gets old enough, or else it becomes like pedophilia. Uh, this is um, the best conversation we've ever had on this podcast. I don't, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna We're bring it up next time in. we talk about. I hope so. This is, this is, this is solid gold. <laughs> I hope we talk about this because he's he's attracted to a different species and that's okay. You can understand that. All right. Well, but in the end, not to spoil Avatar, doesn't he? No. Oh. Doesn't he connect with her with his little thing, his little head thing when he's a human? Right. I don't know. No, uh, he. he up can't next, connect Avatar. Until, he has to be okay. Whatever. We'll talk about it next week. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Shouts to all our fans in India. Keep listening. Thank you.